Hello, everybody. Again, I see a lot of familiar names um, and a bunch of new names on the um, Zoom, our new Zoom cast today. Again, for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Benjamin Beck. I'm a co-founder co uh, and co-managing partner of Beck Bodie, as well as Boss Retirement Advisors. Uh, Jim Bodie, also co-founder and managing partner of the firm, is also on today. Um, we're going to, as Angel and the previous messages uh, mentioned, we're using this time today to field and answer questions that you have, folks have sent in over the last few days, which we've got quite a few, as well as Angel had just mentioned the chat box at the bottom that you can send us questions on the fly as we're talking. And we will try our best within the time constraints to address any and all questions that come through. Uh, but of course, if a question comes through, we don't get to it or for any other reason, we'll, we will try to reach back out to you, at least via an email um, and uh, answer that for you. Before I turn it over to Jim for the actual Q&A session uh, to kick that off, I just wanna review real briefly our last few webinars. I believe our first one was on uh, Friday, March 13th, Friday the 13th, and um, hard to believe that that was um, about three, well, three or four weeks ago, right? Uh, three weeks ago. And it's amazing in terms of when this first started, in terms of it affecting the markets, for sure. I can remember where I was. I was in Los Angeles on business. It was right around the mid to end of February. and. Uh, it's amazing how much information we have all had thrown at us in terms of from the media as, and as well as uh, investment wise. And we've had a lot of time to digest um, both information that we've heard in the past, but also new information on a daily basis. The first call on that Friday the 13th, for those of you who remember, where we broke down very commonly asked questions from clients and contacts of ours at that point in time. And then our, our subsequent webinar, we had a discussion with not only Jim and myself, but also other key members of our team. Um, for those of you that were on, we had our two co-directors of financial planning, Meg Curry and Misty Lynch. We also had our head analyst, and uh, a very, very important part of our investment committee, Mike Kelly, as well as Jim and myself, to give a little introduction to them if you hadn't met them before, but also, uh, which I thought was, was very important, which we thought was very important, to provide uh, some insight from them in terms of the things that they're focusing on, whether it is on the financial planning side and questions that surround what they do, or um, on the analysis side, in terms of the types of things that we're considering on a daily basis within our investment committee, and then the relative changes that go into uh, all of our clients' accounts on a, uh, on a regular interval. Which brings us to today, where again, we've been able to digest a lot of information. We're getting analysis from very strong sources on a daily basis. And we thought that we would open it up to uh, questions from all of you so that we could really um, hone in on what is on, 
on your mind at this time and uh, given all the information that's out there and uh, provide you with, to the extent that we can, a little bit of insight on maybe what that means or um, you know, where we go from here. So I'm gonna turn it over to Jim. He's got, we both have a list of questions that we've gotten um, so far, but also uh, Angel and the both of us will be keeping track of this little chat box there on the bottom of the screen um, as we roll on here. So Jim. Thanks, Ben. So just as a reminder for everybody, the idea of this is it can be as interactive as you want it to be. We encourage you to ask questions or ask us to elaborate a little bit more on some of our um, questions that we've already been asked. And again, you can do that at the chat box at the bottom, the Q&A box. Um, and over the last few days, we, we on social media have been gathering the questions as well. So we do have some that we're definitely going to cover. But if you have something in your mind, uh, please ask us now to make sure that we can get over it. We have about 15 minutes left, um, and we're going to get to as many of these, these questions as we possibly can. So I'm going to jump right into it, and the way this is going to work is Ben and I are both going to be answering the questions and, and queuing them up for each other. And again, if you have more on your mind, let's, let's get right to it. So the first, the, first, the first one that's been asked a few times in, in many different ways is, um, We've been dealing with a lot over this first quarter of the year. It's been, it's been a roller coaster for sure. Um, the first question is, is everything going to be all right? This time it feels a little bit different, or how much longer is this going to go on for? Or where is the bottom? Is it time to sell and just jump into cash? Um, I'm going to let Ben get that one started, but that, that's, that's all the same question is, is everything going to be okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, there's um, obviously with any kind of concern, particularly during a time like we're facing and have faced over the past month or so, where there's been a huge disruption worldwide in our social lives, in our family lives, in, uh, and certainly in the markets, um, there is emotion that's coming from that, that question. And it's really, really important from our perspective to respect that, number one, because these are, these are very, very valid and legitimate concerns in terms of how long this will last. And, um, you know, certain questions along those lines come from, geez, you know, am I in the right types of investments? Where, you know, should I, should I be in more conservative investments? But it all, I think, as Jim said, it funnels all the way back to, geez, how long will this last? And it's important to note that while nobody has that answer, nobody has that answer during any kind of tough market disruption. And uh, again, I think we mentioned in our last webinar, which is important to note about 08 and 09, but you could go back to any historical correction that we've ever faced. And at the time when things were really bad and um you know folks are waving the white flag so to speak and and really filling at a point where um all hope is lost and and all the information that's coming in you know they're being you're being bombarded with is all negative uh, i can tell you that in the early march of 2009 um you know that was the case and and um and in effect, that was actually the bottom of the market at that particular point in time. And I'm just using that as an example because that's in all of our near 
rear view mirrors, so to speak. You know, even though it was 11 years ago, it feels like it was yesterday. And then every subsequent correction that we go through, to me, feels the same when you're inside one. You don't know how long it's going to last. You don't know how far the market's going to drop. I think the important thing is for all of us, respectfully to all, everybody, because it is an emotionally charged subject, what can we all do collectively as human beings and investors to perhaps try and not ask ourselves that question personally and try not to stress out about the length of time, as difficult as that is, and to put our energies and focus into looking ahead in the future, knowing that no matter what that time period is, whether it's a year from now, a year and a half, or two years from now, how do you want to be looking back at that two-year point, for example? Um, do you want to be looking back and and and, and um, looking back at a you know a very very difficult time, and and um, however understandably react adversely, or do we want to be making decisions and drawing off the confidence that we do have in our process, perhaps investing, or in terms of what we're doing as families together and things of that nature, um, and really try the best we possibly can to not beat ourselves up with that question about how long will this last? Because this, this exists now, but it exists in any time period when we go through things like this. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Jim. Yeah, no, I, I, and I agree 100% with what you're saying. And, and that leads us right into the next part of this is with everything going on and, and the pullback we've seen in the market, is it a good time to, to invest or put new cash to work? And, and as, as this question comes up, the, the answer is yes. If you have money to invest right now, it is a good time. It's always a good time to buy uh, and, and get into the market as long as it's for the right reasons. In other words, what we're looking at is buying and, and investing in the right type of companies for the long haul. This isn't something that uh, we recommend trying to make a quick dollar off of or become what they industry terms as a day trader. If, if you have money that you want to deploy into the markets now, it's for the purpose of being a long-term investor. And that's what we want to continue uh, to focus on is yes, we're going to see some fluctuations in the short term, but in the long run, we know that this is going to be a good market to, to have been buying into along the way. Right. Um, and that also answers us into the next part of uh, another question is, should I continue to have my payroll contributions go into my 401k? A hundred percent. Yes. That's just like, is this a good time to buy into the market? If you have an active 401k, you should still contribute, continue contributing into that through your payroll deductions. That is absolutely a, a, a good plan and a good move to continue having. Probably a, a good idea for us to Jim, to qualify just one thing with those statements in terms of when it comes to sounding like, a cliche, right, is that stay the course and using those terms that, that uh, perhaps many uh, financial advisors use, which is true, which is, which is accurate. We have to qualify that knowing that we have a number of current clients in the call, but there are some folks um, um, that are not clients of ours. So it's really important to note that, um, you know, we're speaking in terms of the discipline and the planning and the investing that we do for our clients. And so it's really important to note that our comments are for them or for anybody that has a disciplined process that they had put a lot of thought into with a financial professional, perhaps certainly staying the course. And certainly, as Jim said, um, you know, um, 
regardless of whether this is the bottom of the market, or maybe next week is, or, or maybe it's already happened, um, do not upset a strategy, like Jim said, in terms of 401k contributions because of an emotional reaction to what's going on in the market. If you are a long-term, if you are in fact a long-term investor and you have a process that you're putting forth, continue that process, no question about it. Perfect, thanks, Ben. Um, one, of the, one of the questions that has come up really since the beginning of this year is, is the rules on RMDs, required minimum distribution. And real quick, for those that aren't sure what that is, is the IRS says once you turn, this year it's 72, but once you turn 72, any retirement account that you haven't taken a distribution out of, the IRS is requiring you to start doing that. Um, this year in January, uh, they changed that age to 72 years old. And then part of our care package is they have actually waived the requirement for 2020 for anyone that was required to take an RMD, they do not have to. Now, with that being said, here we are, the first quarter is already over. Some people have taken an RMD. Um, the code gets a little confusing at this point because you can't just put it back into your IRA. Uh, there's certain requirements that you have to fulfill if you wanted to put it back into your, R R into your IRA. Um, that's something that we can talk offline about and explain to you how you can have that happen. Um, if you haven't taken it, you do not need to. And we can also have a conversation on the benefits of, of, of waiving it for this year. Uh, but as we know, as of right now, uh, if you are 72 years old or 70 in prior years and you are required to take an RMD this year, we do not need to. You do not have to. Okay. Um, our next question is, is a little bit about inflation um, and where inflation is headed. And I'm gonna piggyback that as well, Ben, with um, a $2 trillion, a stimulus package. Where is this money coming from and what is gonna be the long-term effects of that money being distributed into our economy? Mm. Yeah, so, right. So, you know, when we had stimulus packages towards uh, later on in 08 and 09, stimulus packages, uh, of course, being announced more recently, where does that money come from, right? And so, so that gets into how the government is funded, first and foremost. So the government is funded through taxpayer revenue, but also on a, on a very frequent ongoing basis, the, the, the government issues bonds out to the public, out to the institutions, in a very similar way to any of us walking into a bank and essentially purchasing a, a certificate of deposit, a CD, for example. What we're effectively doing when any of us walk into a bank and purchase a CD, we're loaning that bank all our capital. And in return, the bank is giving us a interest rate for the period of time that we've agreed to loan the money. Same thing, the, the, the federal government issues bonds, in other words, borrows money, um, sometimes treasury bills, treasury bonds, and so on with the investing public, perhaps other institutions, certainly other countries um, in funds. And so in, very, in the, very much the same way on the surface of us walking into a bank, the federal government funds certain obligations the same exact way, pulls in money um, uh, with the return of an interest rate they pay back the people or the institutions or the countries that
and worked into our planning gym, Meg, Misty, when we go through the planning aspect with clients. And it's something that, um, you know, as more money the federal government borrows, um, that creates an inflationary scenario down the road um, where it's really, really important to, um, not that that is a insurmountable um, 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 scenario that's presented down the road, but as investors, all of us, we have to be cognizant that number one, inflation is always present, but number two, that especially long-term, the way your investments are allocated today um, need to reflect the fact that inflation will always be present and perhaps grow over time. Perfect, thanks Ben. And I'm just gonna jump down. We had a few questions that have, that have come in um, about emergency funds and contributing to 401ks. And what I'm gonna say on, on these types of questions is a lot of times it gets very specific to an individual. And these are gonna, I think, how long of an emergency fund should you have? I think that also depends on the type of job you have, um, how old you are. So, so those types of questions, I'd love to answer those specifically for the individual who's asking them. If you wanna reach out to us directly, I think that's the best way um, to do that. Uh, one of the questions came on about what do we consider long-term and I'll pass that back over to Ben as far as what do we consider when we say it's a good time for a long-term investor? What is that? Everyone wants us to put a, a time frame on that. How long is that? Right. It's not exactly a, a black and white question for everybody, but we define it here at Beck Bodie in, in Boss Retirement of at least of at least five years. You know, obviously long-term is certainly 20 years. Uh, but, you know, you have to quantify that in terms of, geez, you know, in scenarios like this, um, what is a reasonable expectation? And what do we do that for is that when, when we're talking about talking especially to folks that may be retiring in the next five years or already in retirement and taking retirement income out, how we allocate their investments between strategies at various risk levels has to do with their, your horizon of time before you need to take rather significant withdrawals. We pin that time period at roughly five years as the starting point of, of long-term, but certainly it's five years and then anything greater than that. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one of the other questions that popped up was specific to RMDs again about inherited R IRAs. Uh, there is some confusion going on with if inherited IRAs um, are exempt this year from taking a distribution. We're waiting on getting clarification on that. Uh, the way that it is written right now is it seems like they, they will, but it is just not specific enough for anybody to answer 100% yes or no at this point. Um, one of the few words that are, or comments that we're seeing in the news a lot is uh, the, diff the difference between a layoff and being put on furlough. Um, the easiest way to explain what the difference is for this is if you are laid off, you no longer have a job. If you are put on furlough, that means you are separated from, from your employment. They do no longer have to pay you. However, they have all intentions to hire you back at some point in the future. You can maintain your employer-sponsored benefits while you can still apply for unemployment. So it leaves the company a little flexibility um, on cash flow with the ability to continue with that expectation that they will hire you back at some point in the future. Um, we are seeing more and more of that with the expectation that 
um, our con economy turns around and we all get back to life as it was two months ago. Um, but that's what we're, we're waiting to see when that exactly is going to happen with what we're dealing with right now. Um, one of the one of the questions that we get on from some of our clients is again about a recovery and what our expectation is for a timeline for portfolios that have dropped so far the last couple of months is there a specific timeline that we would expect them to be back to where they were at the beginning of this year or the beginning middle of this quarter and again ben i'll hand that one over to you hmm. Yeah, so, so, well, first and foremost, you know, that, that question does come back to the first thing we addressed, right, is that how much will the market will fall and for how long this will last? Obviously, those are questions that nobody has the answer to. Um, so in a, in, a, in a very broad sense, I say broadly, because everybody on this call, whether you're a client or not, has different um, time horizons, um, certainly many of which are long-term investors in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think the, the most important thing to take away from this question is that, um, um, that you know, we accommodate for when we sit down and do planning and put together an asset allocation in terms of a mix between growth-oriented investments and income-oriented investments, we do in fact accommodate for disruptions corrections along the way so whether you are young whether you are emerging retirement in other words you're within a few years of retiring whether you are already in retirement and taking withdrawals and you're concerned as any human being would be uh, when we go through periods of time like this um, that it's important to note that Again, I can only speak for clients of ours who we go through the financial planning process and of course invest for, is that the allocations that we put forth um, through eMoney, we use the financial planning tool eMoney that helps us with that as well as other factors of, of uh, information that we gather from you. We accommodate for corrections that will come about. Now, we don't accommodate necessarily the cause, right, of virus and, and what that could mean, but we do work in significant drops along a, a retired person's, um, we usually end our analysis at 95 years old or so, but uh, we work in significant corrections along the way and run scenarios for you and us to see how the, those corrections impact your ability to uh, take the type of income um, in withdrawals that you seek over time. And we factor in things, as we just mentioned a moment ago about inflation. And we factor in certain scenarios for folks that wanna see that of, hey, what if I, what if five years from now I, I want to sell my current home and downsize or, or not sell my current home, but we wanna buy a vacation home. Uh, how do all those different scenarios impact my financial picture and my ability to retire or take withdrawals um, over time and factor in that the markets are, are um, at times, like we're seeing right now, highly disruptive. Um, so we, we do factor that in. And while it's, in, it's certainly, certainly an emotional time period where it, any human being is gonna question anything that they're doing at this particular point, know that a lot of thought 
in terms of the process and the allocation has gone into certainly your ability to weather these types of environments over time. Perfect. Thanks, Ben. And, and I mean, that wraps up a uh, majority of our questions here. And um, our office is up and running. We are here. We are available for questions. Um, if you want to sit down and have a conversation specific to what you have going on in your lives, we can be reached at our offices and all of our emails. Um, if you have uh, questions on financial planning, we're happy to sit and review anything that you have going on or any changes that uh, you want to make or the scenarios that we might have gone over in the past. Um, but we're here. We are doing virtual meetings as well as phone calls. Um, and we just want to make sure that we are accessible for anybody that has a question. Jim, we've got one more that we didn't address that um, there was a question that came in um, earlier today via email about the safety of funds held at a bank mm. or a credit union, I think was the wording. Um, and important to note that credit unions, banks, anything in savings accounts, certainly please don't take my words at face value because I can't possibly, we can't possibly know exactly how you or anybody is set up at the banks. But generally speaking, every bank for any kind of deposit, whether it's money market, savings accounts, checking accounts, CDs, um, you have FDIC insurance on those funds, which means up to the applicable level, the current applicable levels, your, if that bank goes under tomorrow, the federal government steps in and um, protects those funds at least by by the current levels reported right now to a to a specific amount uh, but you know there are certain circumstances in um, 2008 and 2009 of course when we went through a pretty I think everybody would agree a pretty significant banking crisis where um, folks who had deposits larger than that um, did not did not lose um, you know those funds so important to note that check and make sure first and foremost that the the because there's different types of money markets out there and different types of arrangements but generally speaking fdic insurance that every bank and credit union is going to have will cover your deposits but again check and verify that what you're in at that bank is in fact uh, uh, a account or um, um, a type of, of fund that is covered by FDIC insurance. Great, that, that wraps us up. I appreciate everyone taking the time. We'll continue to hold these um, and answer questions that we have. Um, again, following this uh, webinar, uh, Angel will be sending out an email to everybody. And if you'd like to set up a call, you'll see a link to Ben and I our schedules, feel free to use that and we'll look forward to speaking to you soon. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Bye everybody, thank you.